She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 176, Become Relentless and Trust Your Dreams with the founder of Daily Harvest, Rachel Drury. Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset, thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin. Hey, She Did Her Way listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Happy Monday. So excited and thankful you guys are tuning in. We have Rachel Drury on the podcast today, and she is the founder of a company called Daily Harvest. And Daily Harvest delivers organic soups and smoothies straight to your door. It's made for people who want to eat healthy, but also live a busy life on the go. And her products come frozen and prepackaged in single serve cups and bowls with whole ingredients like avocados, dates, kales. Kales. There you go. Yes, plural kales. But I'll tell you what, I use and order Daily Harvest. It is amazing. Sometimes their smoothies are so good to be true that I'm like, is this real? Like, how does this even work? It's so good. But what I love about the conversation with Rachel is we talk about the early, early days when she first started Daily Harvest. And she shares how she was running around her neighborhood delivering these smoothies and really put her time, energy, and effort into her company before she expanded and took outside investment. We also talk about how to gain confidence in your business idea to withstand critics because we all know that happens and people like to not uh, not necessarily not support, but it can be a little tough if you're out in the entrepreneurship world and you're doing something that's risky that not everyone is comfortable with, right? I know we've all gone through it. I've gone through it and I'm sure some of you guys are even maybe going through it right now too. We talk about uh, learn to take the negative feedback you get from venture capitalists in a constructive manner understand the best way to alter or preserve your products to match the likes and dislikes of your market. We talk about different types of smoothies that they put out there that they no longer have because of customer feedback. And it was just a really great conversation. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to Rachel Drury share her journey of Daily Harvest. Yay, you guys, we are back with another podcast episode interview. I'm super excited to welcome on Rachel Drury, who is the founder of of Daily Harvest. I you guys have to have heard heard of Daily Harvest if not. Now you're hearing about Daily Harvest, but it is an amazing company that offers smoothies. Well, it started with smoothies and then now you guys have expanded into soups and a couple other things, I believe. And Rachel is the founder of it. So I'm super excited to have her on the show. Thank you for your time and and coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, why don't you, I'll let you actually tell us what Daily Harvest is and what you guys do. I just was super excited that I kind of went on a tangent. I love it. Um, well, really what Daily Harvest is, is a solution for people who aspire to eat well, which I think so many of us do, uh, but don't really have the hours in the day to do it right. So, um, you know, as you mentioned, our first our first collection was smoothies. So you get everything delivered frozen to your door uh, in single serve cups. You open up the cups and you see all of these amazing ingredients inside. You see things like whole avocado and whole dates and 
um, whole pieces of kale, and you know exactly what you're gonna what you're consuming. Nothing is refined. There's no added sugars. Nothing like that. You add liquid and you dump it in your blender. And 30 seconds later, after blending, you have a organic, unrefined, um, unprocessed smoothie that is just as fresh as you'd get from a juice bar. Um, so we started with smoothies. And after that, went over to launch soups. Um, same concept. You open a cup. You see every single ingredient. Nowhere to hide anything. Um, and then most recently, we actually launched what we call our activated bowls. And they are chia puddings and overnight oats that are very different from what's out there where, you know, it's not just the dry goods. They're filled with things like whole pieces of mango and whole pieces of um, of pineapple and, you know, using exotic ingredients like blue magic spirulina and all these incredible things that you would just either have to make yourself or um, or daily harvest. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So I, and I've done, I've had the smoothies before and they're absolutely amazing and they are so quick, easy and simple to make. Like literally, yeah, just take the top off and open the like sealed container, throw some like milk, whatever I use, I use almond milk, throw it in the blender and it's done. Like it's all portioned out. It's pretty, pretty simple and saves so much time. What were you doing before Daily Harvest and talk to us about that journey and then what inspired you to say, okay, here's the pain, here's the problem. I'm going to put something together. And then did you do funding or did you, what did that look like? Right. So um, my background was in marketing and branding. I started my career at Four Seasons Hotels um, on the corporate marketing side. And after that, I went to business school. So I spent two years there um, at Columbia and after that, went to American Express. It's an, you know American Express is known for their incre- they're an incredible marketing machine, and I wanted to learn to continue to learn from the best. So I was on um, you know I worked on a, on a few cards there, worked on mostly customer loyalty, but also acquisition. And after a few years, decided that it was time to move on, and I moved over to Guilt Group. Uh, I worked on the Jet Setter team where. You know, I I had exposure to all sides of the business, which was just an incredible um, backdrop for, you know, my my next career step, which was Daily Harvest. But, you know, at Jet Setter, I did everything from acquisition to loyalty to brand um, and, you know, had this real like jack of all trades type opportunity where I kind of got my hands dirty and everything, which was such an incredible experience. Um, And, you know, it was really there where I started realizing that three o'clock would roll around. Um, and I was always, you know, not having time to sit down and eat a proper lunch (laughs) because I was running from meeting to meeting at three o'clock would roll around and I was starving. And what would happen is I would grab junk. Mm -hmm. I would grab, you know, somebody had cupcakes in the office. I would grab trail mix. I would grab something that was a, a quick energy source, which is, you know, in my mind, really a compromise from the way I, I want to be eating. Right. Um, and the same thing was happening in the morning where, you know, if I wanted to work out, if I wanted to do all the other things that I tried to fill my mornings with, um, you know, I had to compromise. I was grabbing a bar or I was grabbing, you know, or I wasn't eating breakfast. So I started meal prepping on Sunday nights and started making these smoothie packs for myself, putting them in my freezer 
And it was really, you know, when I realized how much time it saved me in the morning and how much better the food that I was consuming was, that was kind of the first step. But what really, when it really hit me was when my husband, who actually um, loved him to death, but he can't even butter toast. Like, like it, it's a real, it's real. Oh my God. He started <laughs> eating your smoothie prepped He's things. started stealing my smoothies. <gasps> Those and, men, um, they do that all the time. Right? They do it with their like hair products. They do it right. like my guys picking up my comb in the morning. I'm like, can we get, what is going on here? <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it's so funny. There's this like whole world that they, that they secretly like are secretly are super interested in, but they, <laughs> you don't, you don't think about these things being solutions for men. Um, you know, but my, my husband started stealing them from me. Um, and he found that he was able to get out the door in the morning much faster and that, you know, I felt good about what he was consuming. He felt good about what he was consuming. Whenever he had tried to make a smoothie himself, it was, you know, he would grab whatever was available in the refrigerator. It was always, it always ended up gross. He would make a huge mess. Um, so I realized mm. I was really solving a problem, not only for me, but for others. So that's when I, I quit my job. I got a commercial kitchen uh, in Long Island City, and I started bagging up ingredients with my right hand and my left hand and delivering them in my car to really prove the concept. Oh, my gosh. So when, like, did you, and you at that, that point, like, created the whole marketing, the Daily Harvest, or was it more of an organic that when you like hit a certain point that that you developed that plan right so i set a metric for myself and i said what what it, what would success be in in my mind what what was proving the market and i said that you know it's one thing for my friends and family to order daily harvest that's like you know they kind of have to yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it was going to be a whole different layer once i once there were people who i didn't know ordering so I said to myself, once I have five times more people who I don't know who are ordering than, than those who I, who I did know, that's when it, it made sense to really invest. So, you know, kind of the, the beta of the business was a website that I had created myself. It was so ugly. I can't even tell you the branding. Like I look back at it now and from, as somebody who comes from a branding background, it was a little painful for me to look at. <laughs> But I just kept telling myself, don't invest until you've proven it. And it's it's a very hard thing to, to pull yourself back from when it's something you're very passionate about. Um, but, you know, started bagging them up, used my own website, uh, built my own website. I was delivering these, um, these smoothies from my car, doing everything by hand. And once I hit the metric that I had set for myself as, a, as the metric for success or the, the metric for when to start investing... I made that switch and it felt, and I felt good about it. And I knew that there was something there. So, and, and it, you know, I knew it had legs. So I invested my own money to start and I bootstrapped for as long as humanly possible, um, which was really important to me. Um, how long did that you know, last? Uh, so I'd say it probably lasted eight months, which is a really <gasps> long time. Wow. Um, and I, I was the only employee. It was, I mean, there were no employees. It was just me. <laughs> um, I had a few contractors that I had hired, um, you know, temp type workers to, to really help me, you know, deal with the growing scale of the business. And I started having people help me, you know, iterate on the website, but no one else full time. Mm. Um, 
And once I realized that I was choking off growth and that I really had to, to take it to the next level, that's when I knew that I'd created as much value as I possibly could by myself. Um, and I had to take on external investment because that was the only way that the business was going to get to the next level. Yeah. When you, when you started, um, taking on external investment, talk to us about your experience from, um, did people understand were they it like, is the idea and concept of food delivery something that a lot of people are interested in or was it easy or difficult or what was the experience like? So I had a few challenges. Um, First challenge was I was eight months pregnant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of an interesting way to go into a venture capital meeting where you've got, you know... You're like, I'm birthing people. two children right now. My company, which is already right. actually been birthed, and then you're like, my actual child. Right. So I, I actually made it very lighthearted, and I was like, I'm having twins this year. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And, you know, I, I kind of just... I was like elephant in the room, both figurative, figuratively and felt like literally at the time. Um, yeah. But so, you know, I, I had that going for me. Um, and I also had a concept that the general demographic of, of VCs is um, something that was very different from my target demographic. So I would get into a room I would explain, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. This is the market I'm after. And I'd say 99% of the people that I pitched to in the first, the first round had no idea what I was talking about. They would taste them. They would be like, well, I don't understand. It doesn't taste like Jamba juice. And then I would try what? to explain that Jamba juice is filled with sugar. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was definitely an uphill battle. Um, you know, and for people to make the mental leap from, a smoothie, which they couldn't understand the market um, of to begin with, to this whole concept, which I haven't actually covered yet. But, you know, my grand vision of, of reimagining frozen food as a way to deliver convenient convenience without compromise um, was just so far beyond something that they could wrap their heads around. But at the end of the day, it only takes one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was able to get one institutional investor and a bunch of angels that were of my target demographic who got it right away. I that's what that was gonna be my next question was like the people who said this is an assumption, so I should be careful. But the people who yeah. said no, did they tend to be from a certain um, generational background versus they were because right. I look at like. I assume we're probably pretty similar in generations and we care about convenience. We are willing to spend a premium to be able to get that convenience versus other generations that are like, why are you going to pay $11 for avocado on toast? And we're like, what do you mean? (laughs) Like, of course we would. We'd we'd pay it because there's an Instagram opportunity inside the restaurant. (laughs) Like, you know, everything's like, okay, how do I brand this so that people will come take pictures? Right. Yeah. I found it very generational. I found it. I found it also to be, uh, you know, where in the country a lot of the the people were based that I was I was talking to. Um, So, you know, as I said, it takes one in the end. So um, I ended up in a really good place, but it was not easy. And it's hard to be, you know, you're not it's hard to have people poking um, holes in Mm 
what your passion is and, and, you know, having people poke holes in your, in what you're trying to build when you believe in it, you know, it's, it's not a guess. Like you, it's, it's already been proven, right? I'd, I'd prove it. I'd set my metric. I had surpassed my, that metric that I had set for, you know, initial markers of success. I knew it was going to be a success. Um, and to have people poking holes in that day after day after day is, is a challenge. Um, so, you know, you've got to have some, some mental fortitude, um, but also just really believe in what you're trying to build. Yeah. And I, that is, I mean, it's so true and inspirational to be reminded at the fact that like people are going to poke holes in the fact that like, if you want to quit your job and start a business, people are going to say, well, that's not going to work. That's crazy. That's silly. And people who pitch their ideas to investors deal with that all the time of people like that's the investors. They're supposed to poke holes because it's their money. And they're like, well, what leaks are there here? And I think to get like, what you said is a reminder to have that stamina and that fortitude and mindset to say like, no, I'm going to keep going because I believe in this. Um, At the same time, also learning from those holes that they're picking from. So, you know, it's so easy to be like, you don't get this and and kind of shut down. Yeah. Um, But, you know, taking every one of the comments and the opportunities as a way to just build a stronger case. Oh my God. That reminds me of an episode on Shark Tank when they tried to give this, I forget what it was, but this guy feedback and he's like, no, 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 this is perfect. (laughs) It's like, dude, no, take the feedback. What are you doing? Right. Um, So important. Yeah. So what were, um, I'm curious, you started sourcing, I mean, like, was your head spinning when you were trying to find, okay, now we need to find cups and then we need to find people who are going to put our label and design on the cups. And then we got to get the seal in. Then we got to source the food. Like what was that? I mean, I just imagine this like web. What was that like? Right. So I felt like I was living in the vortex of a, of a tornado. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I saw so clearly what I wanted to create that I just like, I knew that being becoming overwhelmed by it wasn't going to help me achieve my goals. So I'm not naturally a very organized person, um, but I had to get organized and I'm a very visual person. So I just started drawing charts and, you know, trying to, to think the way that I think best and, you know, forgetting convention and just saying, okay, I need to see this visually laying it out and really trying to, um, you know, just, make checklists and make lists and be able to check those lists off one by one by one. Um, and you know, at the end of each day, knowing that I accomplished something or started to accomplish something, cause it wasn't always that easy. Um, you know, but, it, but really just, just having like a full hatch plan. And if it wasn't going to be plan plan a, um, you know, taking time to step away and figure out, okay, so what's plan B. And I think by planning, by, by kind of setting a roadmap for myself and knowing what I had to accomplish, it felt a lot less overwhelming. Mm-hmm. When you um, when you guys launched the smoothies, what what did you? I mean, I assume you did market research to find out, or like what inspired the bowls and the chia seeds, um, and going down that path and expanding your product. Um, so you mean our our other product lines, or how we came up with our original? Um, um, Well, so talk to us how you came up with your original product line and then uh, what did you use or like what metrics did you look at to determine whether it was worth expanding into the other ones or not? Right. So I'd say on the on the original product line, um, I think we probably have two smoothies that made it 
that have been consistent from where we were. Oh, can I we guess? Lost. Yes. I'd uh, love to hear it. Let me, I, I remember it was coconut mint. One of them. It absolutely was. And then <laughs> was it the chia carrot cake one or is that new? So that there is a slight variation on that one. That oh. one did not make the cut in its original form, <laughs> um, but it's actually the pineapple matcha. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is in its original form. But, um, you know, just I've always been a big believer in um, or let me let me turn that around. And I'd say I've always been hugely uh, aware of analysis paralysis. Mm. Um, and there's nothing, I think nothing will, you can guess, you can survey, you can, you know, there are all sorts of things that you should do before you make a big leap. But at the end of the day, you really never know how the market's going to respond to anything. Even with pricing analysis, like there, there are scientific ways to say somebody will pay, you know, $5 for whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's just analysis. And, and there's so much um, psychology that goes into why people like the things that they like and choose the things that they choose that at the end of the day, you really just have to get it out there. Um, so we launched with I I love 12. That. You do. I mean, we launched with 12 and I took a very scientific approach to it, which was what are people buying? What are they not buying when they're buying? I know they like it <laughs> when yeah. they're not buying, um, you know, calling people up directly. I did all the customer service myself in the early days. It was exhausting, um, you know, but it gave me an opportunity to talk to people and to say, you know, what didn't you like about it? And that's how we iterated from the, the lineup of 12 that we started with to our lineup of 14 today. Mm. Now, did... um. Oh, by the way, the cocoa um, or the cacao avocado is delicious. My favorite. Anyone's listening (laughs) and they decide to order. That is fantastic. Um, I know. I just brought the whole entire list up because now I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) What uh, did you I mean, you created the ones in the beginning. Do you you still create those now? And then did you still create the chia, the, the chia oatmeal ones as well? So they're actually a collaboration. Um, a lot of the concepts start with me because I'm just kind of a mad scientist in the kitchen where I get really excited about things. Yeah. And I'm like, no, we can make this happen. Um, but we have a, a chef who was, chained, who was trained in Michelin restaurant. Um, she is an incredible um, vegan chef. And we also have a nutritionist that we work on. So everything that we have... Um, from Daily Harvest is a collaboration between a chef and nutritionist and me. <laughs> that is amazing. Look at people. If you order Daily Harvest, you are having a Michelin star like breakfast right? experience. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's and we take into account a lot of customer feedback. So I'd say it's, it's our customers, me, a chef and a nutritionist. Was there something that you that your your market and your customers surprised you? So let's say you went into, you know, having this business and you had a hypothesis of how you thought they were going to behave, but they ended up behaving completely different. Did you have any of that at all, or anything surprise um, you? So it's actually funny you bring up the carrot chia smoothie. Um, we had a very interesting time when we first launched that smoothie, where nobody bought it. Um, it was called something different. Actually, I can't. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Oh, I think it was bad. (laughs) This was me being punny. um, But I think it was called Waking Cake. Uh, (laughs) 
Yeah, it was called Waking Cake. And I was like, oh, it tastes like carrot cake. Everyone will understand what I'm talking about. Um, nobody bought it. And it was like, I couldn't understand because it was one of our best flavors. And I, I'm like, how can anybody not like the flavor? It's amazing. Right. Um, and we found out it was a merchandising problem. So, you know, we kept on doing blind taste tests where we wouldn't tell people the name. We wouldn't tell people any of that, any of that stuff. And we'd just say, just try this. Do you like this? Um, and they always said, yes, this is amazing. So we knew that we had to. And they're like, what's the name of it? Waking cake. And they're like, (laughs) no, I don't like it anymore. (laughs) Right. Right. And they would look at the ingredients and be like, carrots, do I want carrots in a smoothie? Um, so we tried a bunch of different ways to merchandise it. Um, and we landed on one that worked. Wow. So then what are, what are some other things that you pulled in and have leaned on or continuing to lean on, like from your previous experience, from all you've done in marketing, like how has that like benefited you the most in the top one or two ways? Right. So I would say, um, you know, my experience in hospitality, financial services, um, you know, and even at Guild, really what all these businesses have in common is that they're really, when you come down to it, they're more services than products. And mm. really the way that I built Daily Harvest and, and, you know, my true belief is that, um, you know, everything needs to be customer centric. And that's really what I've tried to create. And, you know, the way we talk to our customers, the way our website works. And, you know, it, it's hard with, with limited budget to always be able to have things be exactly how you would like them to be. Um, but, you know, slowly knowing that I would like to be this, this hugely customer centric business, um, that, you know, with its roots in hospitality, I do know that, you know, when, when it comes, when we do have more money and, you know, as we continue to get funding and as we continue to grow our business, if I keep that at the core of what we're trying to build, it allows me to, to keep the customer, first and it allows me to justify things like you know we're redoing our entire um, customer experience on the site right now and it's really because I want it to be as easy and convenient as our products yeah that well and I that's a that's a great point too do you um do you guys have an app so we don't um it is something that you know we will have when we're big enough to justify it but it's, it's hugely beneficial. It's something I'd really love to do. But, you know, it, it's, it, it's almost like the metric that I set out initially when I started the business. Yeah. There's a, a there's a, there's a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a nugget? There's a volume number, <laughs> right. There's a volume number that we need to achieve in order to justify an app. Yeah. Where have it's you, a huge spend. Where have you found like what have you found to be the best market means of marketing to like get people to try it and then continuing to use the product time and time again? Right. So I think we have to kind of separate those two. And, you know, my background being spending both time in, um, you know, acquisition and loyalty. I do understand like the importance of both, but I really do think you have to totally separate them. So I'd say from an acquisition perspective, um, you know, social media marketing, I'm sure, you know, there's nothing that, that is surprising here. Um, but it works. So, you know, paid, paid advertising, when you put a drool worthy picture, um, 
you know, people stop and they look at it. So, mm-hmm. And your um, pictures yeah. are so pretty, by the way. Thank I'm like, you. every time I go, like it comes up in my feed, I'm like, oh, I want another smoothie. <laughs> now I'm like <laughs> looking at you. these bowls. I'm like, I need to order some bowls. Thank you. And even those, you know, our, our pictures have, have gone through such an evolution over time. Um, you know, but I'd say from an acquisition, that's, that's really big. And we also have a huge word of mouth uh, component to what we're doing, which is, you know, it's, it's such a testament, um, to what we've been trying to create and, you know, customers enjoying and, and coming back and want, wanting to evangelize on our behalf. Um, you know, just having that relationship with our customers has, has been a huge acquisition channel for us, which is fantastic because, you know, who more to trust than somebody who you trust, mm-hmm. um, or, or a friend or family, whatever it is. So, um, from an acquisition perspective, I would say that that's probably, you know, number one and number two. And then from a loyalty perspective, I think it's, it comes back to that customer centricity and it's really just, you know, making sure that you're creating a wonderful customer experience. And you know what, one of the hardest things for me is as a startup, sometimes, you know, things happen. Um, you know, and you don't have unlimited resources to just, uh, you know, be able to, to like flash your, I'm, I'm saying guns, but I mean our muscles Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to like flex your, you know, flex your guns and be like, um, you know, make this right. You just, you don't have that kind of sway. So, you know, sometimes the customer suffers and it's just, you know, I, I believe it's, it's really about transparency and being like, you know, having a relationship with the customer where they trust you and they know that you're being genuine. And if, if something goes wrong, you can say, I'm so sorry. You know, we, we messed up. We're going to make this right. Um, you know, and I, I, I think that customer retention comes back to, you know, it, you have to have a product that people love first and foremost, but it's just, it's the execution and making sure, sure that there's that customer centricity built into what you're, what you're creating. Mm-hmm. What would you, so as we wind down um, our chat, I want to talk more, a little bit, spend some time talking just about, you know, your biggest growth opportunity personally since me going from an, an employee to now a business owner. Like, where have you grown the most in that journey? I would say, you know, where I've, huh, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> where I've grown the most is, I would say, just being relentless. Um, you know, it's, it's not my natural personality, but you know, when you have something that you're trying to build and when you really believe in something, um, you know, and, and there's kind of no bureaucracy or, um, hierarchy holding you back from it, you really do have to be relentless in, in everything. And it's, it's, you know, knowing that what you're creating is worthwhile, um, and, you know, being able to motivate an entire team behind what that is. And I think that it's, um, you know, I've, I've always, I've managed people before. I've, you know, I've been in, in big um, corporate. Sorry, that's very loud. Oh, that's okay. It, you can't, it doesn't sound too loud over here. Um, <laughs> I've been in big corporate environments, but, you know, having a ship that you're steering um, you know, and, and trying to make sure, you know, I see my job is, is getting rid of obstacles for everyone else. And at the end of the day, there's nobody else for me to ask for help. 
Um, so I have to be relentless and mm. I have to help remove those obstacles and barriers for everyone on my team. And I think that that's, it's, it's a skill and, um, it's something that I've learned over the past few, few, you know, years in, in building daily harvest. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes, absolutely. What, and then the last question I have for you is what is one of your favorite business books or just any book that you've read that you've really enjoyed? Well, this ties to being relentless, <laughs> um, but there's a book called Getting to Yes, and oh. um, it is a book that I had to read in business school. I was like, great, it's a negotiations book, um, but I continue to go back to that book constantly where, you know, simple, simple, it's a very short book too, which is nice, um, but <sighs> simple lessons that I pulled from reading that. Uh, continue to to serve me as I, you know, steer the ship. Getting to yes. Okay. I've never heard of it, but I will definitely, I'll look into it. It's an oldie, but a goodie. Ooh, I like those. That, that means those are the principles that just continue to be like everywhere all the time. And they never, like, you're always going to use them. So awesome. Rachel, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. And I love, um, yeah, day, Daily Harvest is such great, and it's cool to see you guys expand even just from when I started getting the smoothies, and then I'm like, oh, there's like the whole new product line. Like, this is cool. Um, oh, thank you so much. This was really fun. Yeah, and um, that's awesome. So we will be in touch, and we'll be sure to link everything to um, our show notes and then also so that our listeners can give it a try as well. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Yeah, have a wonderful day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out SheDidItHerWayPodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.